We all learn for home to realize our natural state, truth, reality, the true self, the true I. But really there is only the natural state and the imagination of a pseudo sense of self, which we believe is the only sense of self. This felt sense that I experience, this knottedness of somatic energy that seems to have a load of identity associated with it, that seems to look out into this world that I'm separate from. What we're seeking is already here, it's already what we are as the home that we are. Home is I, home is self, the self that we all are, that all is. And it's here, it's now, and it's this. Not somewhere else, not someone else. You're always that. And within that, all of this transient play unravels. And sometimes you get caught up in that and focus on that and believe you are that. Or maybe you fight it, resist it, maybe you pursue it. But you're always home. That's always taking place in home. And this is only about stepping back a little bit, so to speak, relaxing your focus, softening your grasp and appreciating the ground of home that you are. What is I? We say I a million times a day, but what is I? What am I talking about when I'm saying I? I mean, that's what it comes down to. What is this I? What you will find is very surprising and yet homely and amazing. It completely transcends, yet is and holds everything. It's what you are in the most profound sense possible. In that sense, there's nothing to do whatsoever. You are home just by being. You can't not be home. Like, it's an impossibility. You have to imagine that you're not home. You have to create a being away from home, a homesickness, a sense of lag. It's the sense of where your focus is being placed, where your attention is being placed. Just relax that focus. Relax it and then see what happens. Don't, don't try and think your way out of it. Just relax that focus. That's why it's called the natural state, because it's that's what is. <laughs> And um, you don't need to do anything about it. You just relax into that natural state because that's what you are. There's no way you can manipulate it or not manipulate it. You're there already. It's a remembering of what you are as opposed to focusing all of your attention on this person that you seem to be. But it's not some sort of bypassing. It's the ultimate honoring of what you are. Your fullness, completeness, perfection. Beyond that is what this is. It's reality itself. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. This is Nick Hyam from nisagayoga.com and here with me is Paul Dobson. I need seek a solution. I need have a question because I am not the answer. And it turns out that you are the answer. It's not only the fact that the answer, the solution is immediately accessible exactly where you are, but that you are that solution. You are that which you are searching for. That sense of a separate self is nothing more than habitual gravitation, excessive focus on an expression of life. And where there is excessive focus, there is identity, there is me. And where there is a me, there is other. Where there is a sense of localization, there's also a sense of looking out from that place into this world or this universe 
I'm disconnected from because by definition, I'm an individual divided in duality. And that's all down to this focusing on energy. Ultimately, it's energy. It's energy with a bunch of labels, concepts attached to it. Within that sense of self, there is this idea that I need to find something to complete me because I'm lacking, I'm deficient, I'm not whole. When there's seeking, there's time. Time is needed to seek, to find something that isn't here. And also space is needed because what I need is not accessible here. So it's out there. So there's time and space there, birthed in that sense of deficiency. Is it wrong or is it just a mode of life? Is it just a, an expression of life that life is experiencing? And for what purpose? I mean, who knows? Maybe for self-exploration. Maybe it's just, okay, I'm infinity and I've got eternity to know myself and to be. Well, let's pretend I'm this contracted knot of energy that seems to lack, that seems to fear, and then play that game of being an individual, human. With that, there's contrast, there's duality, there's the ability to be in relationship with other subjects and with other objects. And then there's the possibility of self-recognition, self-realization, Without duality, without contrast, without that separation that comes from a sense of self, there's just pure knowing without knowledge, without self-knowledge, just pure knowing. Because you are, you know. And because you know, you are. And the knowing, the pure knowing that you are, the knowingness, is equal to existence. Existence is that wakefulness, that awareness, that consciousness, which is nothing but knowingness. It's prior to knowledge, but it also holds knowledge because actually knowledge is made of it. Knowledge is a sort of distortion of that pure knowing. There's a good line actually in um, the Paul Selig books, um, the guides say over and over again throughout the books, the small self thinks, the true self knows. Basically, this egoic sense, this contraction, this gravitational whatever, is it will try and think its way out of it. It will try and think, think and think and think and use that mode, that, that kind of mode of intelligence to try and think its way out of what's, what this is and what's going on. And there's questions and questions and questions. I mean, there's never-ending questions from that perspective. But what you are, you could say beyond that, not that there's a separate thing beyond that, but just beyond that egoic sense doesn't have questions it knows it knows automatically it knows just by being it's not a question and answer situation it knows by default it knows because it is (laughs) because you are you know basically which is a really very different level of intelligence the intellectual mind thinking its way through everything problem solving worrying that kind of thing is a very very paltry form of intelligence it's a very it's not it's not not intelligent but it's a very small reflection of that that inherent intrinsic intelligence that reality is and so you're just changing modes if you change modes from the you know thinking mind to just being 
And not that that's a doing of any kind, because that's more of the same. But if you just, if you just with that being enough, and as we put it, you know, with that direct experiencing enough, that there are the que- it's not so much the questions get answered; it's that the questions dissolve. It's that the questions aren't there anymore. So that question answer thing must be from the egoic mode. I think this is why it's it's probably referred to as the uh, backward step. Because we're just full of forward steps, aren't we? In our general, the general human mode is like forward steps. Where can I go and grab this knowing? You know, if I read enough books, I can somehow piece this tapestry of knowing together. You know, this, if I get enough intelligent books from really sort of wise writers, I can just piece it together and watch enough videos, piece it together. I'm saying this not in relation to other people. I'm saying this is something I did for quite a long time, but you are the answer because you are there's no question and answer that you are just spend time with that and see if there's any questions still um because it's intrinsic it's it's what you are that knowing is home isn't it that knowing is home you can never not be home of course but you can really know your home which is lovely (laughs) you can't not be home because you are home. You are literally home. That home ground, that beingness, the natural state. That's what you are. And you seem to forget that you are home, that you are home itself. And when you forget, you imagine that home is elsewhere, that it's at a different time in the future, that one day you'll arrive at it through whatever mode of seeking when in truth, you are home exactly where you are. And where you are is the only non-location that you can ever be. It's this perpetual here, this eternal now. You are here, you are now, and that is home. And that home is I, it is self. It's tempting to say the true self, the true I, but the, the truth is there's no other. There's no other kind of self or I, not even the ego. The ego is not an entity, it's an experience that you, I, self, home are having. There's no ego that is the false self that has agency, that engages in doership, even to seek something it lacks. That's all imaginary. There's only you, there's only the the natural state. And actually, there's no unnatural state. The apparently unnatural state is unraveling in the natural state. And that which is unraveling, that which is experienced through the play of distortions of the qualities of true nature, is wholly natural. The natural state itself appearing that way, made of nothing but naturalness. The naturalness of I, of self, of home. So... There's no possibility of leaving home. There's no possibility of becoming anything other than home. And actually, whenever you refer to yourself, whenever you say I, whenever you reference yourself, you're always referring to the only I that is. You say, I am feeling sad today. Well, the I that feels sad is not sad itself. The I that feels sad is experiencing an experience called sadness. When you say, I am seeking success, 
the eye that experiences this search for success is not itself seeking success. So listen to your language and you'll hear this truth. I remember yesterday. I anticipate the future. Well, the I that remembers and anticipates is not itself caught up in that rumination, in that expectation. That I, that home, that natural state is always prior to any imagining, any experience. And that I itself is the infinite capacity of experiencing. You know that you are experiencing. You know that you're aware. You know that you're conscious. I mean, that's a fact. You're alert. You're awake. It's so vivid, that knowingness. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is added on. Everything else is held within that infinite container of I that can always hold anything, absolutely any experience, even the darkest. But you yourself are never caught up in what you imagine. You are always home, even when you believe you're not. And the fact that you can believe you're not home is part of your infinite potential to conceive yourself in infinite ways. What I is is like, is basically the sun, isn't it? What we generally do is then put all of our attention and focus on one of the the little rays coming off the sun, you know, and and we take that as our whole. And actually we never were. We that's just a tiny, tiny aspect. Whereas you trace it back and you find you're the whole sun and there's no comparison. By the time that sun rays got to the end, it's like lost all of its heat, lost all of its power, all of its energy. It's got, it's got nothing. And if it take, you take yourself as that, then you, you really feel like you're lacking. But if you just remember, oh, this, this ray is completely inseparable and in fact is the sun, straight, you're straight back as the sun <laughs> to overuse this sun metaphor. There is nothing that isn't that natural state. That which seems unnatural is only made of that natural state, always that natural state, and it's all a matter of focus. It's a habitual thing, isn't it? Like you said earlier. Right, and it's only one aspect within this boundlessness. It's only one point of attention. It need not be your only, your exclusive focus, and therefore identification. All experiences are characterised by subtle distortions or sometimes gross distortions of the qualities of self. And we identify with those distortions and they feel like me, mine. The somatic knot that seems to be me, this little bundle of tension. But if you close your eyes and just, just experience that, you see that there's not a sense of looking out from that. It itself is not experiencing the world. You are experiencing it. And you experiencing are boundless. So you're the experiencer of this sense of self. This awareness is everywhere. <laughs> if you just see past the labels of hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, there's only one sense and that is awareness itself. And that undivided, seamless awareness experiences the succession of experiences, including the sense of self. That sense of self does not 
itself have any capacity to navigate the world, to pursue anything, to defend against anything, to expect anything, to resist anything, to do anything. It, it's always an experience, not an entity, not an individual. And you are always that home that that actually very neutral experience plays out. And at any given time, you can, as you said, relax your experiencing, your awareness. And somehow that knot of me then relaxes because that knot of me is just excessive focus, really. <laughs> it's all very weird. Yeah, it is a weird one, isn't it? They talk about this a lot in Dzogchen just being completely in that natural state, which I know Sargadatta also talks about quite a lot, completely in that natural state with no contrivance whatsoever. The second you're into contrivance of any kind in, a, in an attempt to get into that natural state that you are, you're deluding yourself because you are it and then you're thinking you have to do something to get what you are. So it's non-contrived which gets again gets really really subtle because you think okay i'll just stop trying but then you've got to stop trying to stop trying and then stop trying to stop trying to stop trying and let go of that whole idea there's no there's no uh manipulation because you're there you're there you're now right now there's no way you can manipulate it or not manipulate it you're there it is easier to say just relax your focus in a way but i just wanted to make clear that that's not a kind of doing of any kind like i relax my focus i relax all my muscles i relax my body these things can be helpful in some way but it's not really a doing it's kind of just it's almost just a, a re-realizing of what you are a, re a remembering of what you are as opposed to focusing all of your attention on this this life and your circumstances and your your you know thoughts and feelings and this person that you seem to be and all of those things that you've taken yourself to be for such a long time and realizing that's as you said rightly said that's just an experience what you are is that experiencing fact um and yeah so you can't lose it any contrivance can only be a delusion but what isn't experience that's a, I found that quite an interesting one to search around because there's always some subtle idea that there's something that is, isn't experience maybe. Like, okay, I can, I've got this experience of this room right now, but outside, that's, that's outside of my experience. You know, the trees outside, I can't see them right now. They're outside of my experience. That's, and there you go. There's your first, first assumption that there's something outside of your experience. And the rule of the game is you're not allowed to use any assumptions. <laughs> What now? What isn't experience? Uh, without going into fantasy, without going into assumptions, without going into ideas or thoughts, what isn't experience? And you can't find anything that isn't experience. So, and that's just staying with the ultimate simplicity of of your immediate experience, isn't it? It's, it's our assumptions that kind of trip us up, as we say quite often. It's our assumptions that there's anything other than this experience right now but any that there's any other time than this infinite moment this infinite now it's it's all assumption it's you know i always always go back to dreams but it's in a dream saying if i was this was a dream right now and i'm saying there's trees outside that are outside of my experience 
that's clearly imagination. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, is in my direct experience, that imagination of the trees outside is still part of my experience. Yet that imagination is a kind of distortion, <laughs> a kind of delusion that points to something which isn't ultimately true. And the truth is there is only this. And that's can sound kind of abstract or a bit too simple, but that is true. There's only this. There is only home. There is only this now here. These words are pointing at what you are as this moment, not in this moment, but as this moment, as you know, you, this moment is you. This moment is I. I is this moment. I is this experience. And what isn't that? Is the question. What isn't that? And the second you found something that isn't that, question that because you have ventured outside into assumptions. It has to be an assumption. It has to be some idea, some thought that is not pointing to your direct experience. It seems too simple. You know, it's, it's like, well, but the reason is it seems too simple. It's because we've been functioning through complexity. We've been functioning, you know, our, our, our go-to mode is complexity. As it turns out, reality, even though it's infinite and infinitely intelligent and absolutely astounding in its nature, isn't complex. We, we make it complex, as in we're not, not us as separate, but the mind, you know, the thoughts we have, the workings out we do, all of this kind of stuff, the intellectualizations make it complex. But we never actually questioned whether that's even even true. In some ways, you need to have this experience yourself, even if it's a glimpse, where all of that dissolves. Everything is known without questions and answers. What we are is infinity itself, and therefore also infinite intelligence. They're not two things. They're one and the same. Infinite intelligence, infinite love, infinity, you know. <laughs> so you're there. All is experience you you don't find anything that isn't experience what every experience is made of is equal in nature so there's the simplicity but that equality of the natural state that all is made from all arises from has infinite potential to do so so the simplicity of true nature has within it infinite potential to manifest in any way and that manifestation seems to create this uh, appearance of complexity. Focus gets put on the complexity and not on the simplicity from which it springs. Why is beyond me? Maybe there is no why. Maybe there is no answer to that question why. Maybe it just is. It's just how it is. It seems to be how it is. So every experience is made of experiencing only. And that experiencing is life. So there's nothing that isn't an experience. There's nothing that isn't life. The experiencing fact, you could say, is not an experience. You know, the experiencing fact, awareness, is not an experience. But it's the substance of experience. So the awareness, the experiencing fact, isn't an experience, but it appears as experiences and that's how it's experienced without contrast without duality without the play of opposites without experiences it would seem awareness can't know itself 
experiencing can't know itself. It has to manifest the 10,000 things in order to create some interface, create some relationship, and therefore self-remembrance, self-recognition, self-knowledge. So it's a sort of like a, an adventure. It's like or a play or, or a game that self is focusing on. And it's not about getting out of that game. It's not about winning the game. It's about playing it. It's about experiencing it. Every experience. And there's also the potential, the invitation, you could say, from yourself to remember the truth of what you are beyond the outward manifestations of yourself. And as you said, that comes through not fixating on beliefs, not fixating on labels, and really sensing in a deep way the truth, the felt sense of an experience beyond the conceptual interpretation of an experience. And there you find nothing but pure experiencing, pure awareness in the very felt sense of that non-conceptual unidentifiable isness of whatever is occurring that's it it's as good of words as we can use that kind of felt sense peter brown puts it this way it's like being with your experience like a blind person being with uh, braille um feeling it you know really directly feeling that as opposed to usually we just sort of well, we go through, we go via the stories and memories and things we've learned about what things are and everything else. But if you can just be directly feeling your experience, you know, just, it's just hearing. It's just seeing. And then, so you can follow it back. You go, it's just hearing. It's just seeing. It's just feeling. And then you take away those words and it's just, well, I mean, you can then, if it helps, go back another step and go, well, I'm just, it's just energy. It's just energy dancing. It's uh, an experience of energy. And then you go, well, is there two things? Is there an experience of energy or is it just energy or is it just experience? Either one works. Is it energy perceiving itself or is it experience perceiving itself? Just one perception of its own isness. <laughs> and you follow it back. So the word of, <laughs> of, there's no of anything, is there? There's no, I am experiencing something outside of myself. There's no of, it's just the ultimate simplicity. There's no not home. There's no not experiencing, is there? There's only home. There's only experiencing. There's only, take away those names. Simply being. Simply being, being simple and apparently being complex. <laughs> yeah, Nisargadatta says in I Am That, my home is the unchangeable, which appears to be a state of constant reconciliation and integration of opposites. Yeah, I think a lot of what we're speaking to in this episode is in that quote there, the home that I am is unchangeable and within this home that I am appears the changing expressions of me, of home and experientially there's the possibility of constant reconciliation 
an integration of what appears, re-knowing what appears in a new light, re-knowing that what appears is only home. So reconciling with what appears. So reconciliation means reunion, bringing back together. And so knowing that whatever appears, seeing, recognising that whatever appears can only be me, it's in me and it's of me. So nothing is alien, nothing is strange, nothing is foreign, nothing is unwanted. Whatever is experienced is wanted, is desired, is brought into experience, into home, by you and by you alone. There's no external authority doing that to you or pushing this into your experience. It's all manifesting from you, by you. When you recognise that, you reconcile with what appears. You integrate the apparent opposites and you realise that the unwanted, that split off, that fragmented energy is regained because you realise that what appears is not the concepts that are what appears. It's more the indefinable energetic impression of what it appears and when you feel it and see it for what it is any given experience beyond the concepts then it's integrated back into you home really it never was split off really it never was fragmented really it never was appearing anywhere other than here because as you said it's all experience it's all experience made of nothing but the light of experiencing that is home so he says in I am that learn about the actual existence of home, of a natural state, Nisarga, and the obstacles to its emergence. And then once perceived, the art of stabilizing it in experience. So, and this brings balance, harmony, unity. Really, balance, harmony, unity aren't new states. They're seen to be just inherent in your true nature as home. So that stabilisation is only experiential. There's no need to stabilise anything really. You just see that any fluctuation, any movement within you is only made of you. So there's no... It, it's not a new state to arrive at. It's not a transformation we're talking about. It's not something to find. It's, it's here, it's now, it's this. It's what you are. You don't have to change. If anything, relax your focus. And what is focus but attention? And what is attention but awareness? And again, it's so subtle and anything we say may make it sound like there's something to do, but there really isn't something to do. When we talk about relaxing your focus or expanding your attention or stepping back and seeing things for what they are, we're only talking about noticing you only need notice what is. You don't even have to let go. You don't even have to try and relax because trying to relax is just effort and that's anything but relaxing. So it's only about noticing. It's only about noticing what is. Yeah, so th there is nothing to do. In the truest sense, there is nothing to do whatsoever because you can't not be that. You can't not be. <laughs> but if you perceive yourself as somehow other than that and you do feel lost and whatever else it might seem like there's something to do 
there's the only real thing I guess it it is a relaxation of sorts. Relaxation is probably the closest word we've got to it, but it's not quite a relaxation. It's a relaxation in the truest sense of relaxation, where you know you've 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 had a hard day's work, for example, and you just get into bed and then you're just done. You know, not like there's no efforting there. It's not like I'm trying to relax now. It's like that kind of relaxation. The issue we seem to face, I say seem to, because we never really do, but it. If you're suffering, it does seem to be real for sure, is that these habitual tendencies really have built up uh, momentum. And so it's a kind of how, to what degree can you sort of just be (laughs) and let those habitual tendencies subside without gravitationally pulling you in? You know, it's, um, it's, to what degree can you do that? And every time you do that, though, and this isn't, a, again, this is, it sounds like a doing, but it's not really a doing. It's a being. It's just a, a relaxing of what this is. But every time you do that knowingly, these habitual tendencies lose a bit of momentum. They release a bit more. And eventually, there really is, it's obvious there's no doing. To some degree, it does seem for a while like there is some doing of some kind, depending more or less, depending how strong these habitual tendencies are. But in the end, finally, it's there is nothing to do. It's just a seeming. It's like you know, there's a quite good analogy for this. It's like your your hands being clasped shut into a fist your whole life, and it's like it's not really an effort to release your hand into its natural state as a palm open but it's um it can seem like an effort if you've had that for 30 years had that hand grip shut you know and it's kind of um well actually what it is it's a relaxing because the 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 hand likes to be open you know it doesn't like to be clenched up in a fist and that's kind of what this is like in my my feeling of it at least and it might need a little bit of nudging you could say just a little bit of gentle nudging towards that you can sort of help facilitate it in some in in a gentle way it's like a gentle noticing there's never real hard like work where you're spending days and days on end meditating struggling concentrating getting headaches because you're working so hard that's not it really (laughs) it's a relaxation relaxation the funny thing about that again though there's another level to it is where what life is is doing what it's doing you know to the degree you can say it's doing anything and it's doing that through what seems like you as a person as a human being which you're you're actually the life you're not this just this contracted person but what it seems it to the point it seems like it's doing anything you will feel compelled to either do meditation practice yoga self-inquiry whatever and that's just also life doing what it's doing. <laughs> so that's another level to it. It's not like um, you can't avoid it to some degree. Um, but if you can, if you can see this then, and you can relax into it, do that. I mean, you don't don't feel that you need to go off and do, do all that other stuff. You can't possibly do anything to bring this about because any doing is going to be of that contracted sense of self. Yeah. And again, that contracted sense of self is the illusion that you're not whole, you're not what you seek. So can you question that belief? Can you question the sense of deficiency? Question that before you go and seek what you feel you lack. Question 
the belief that you lack anything at all and then see if you need to go out searching for it in people, places, objects. And you will find what you are is whole. It's the wholeness of awareness of experiencing. Question what you mean when you say I am this kind of person, that kind of person. Well, you've gone into descriptions. You've gone into what's added to I or I am. But what do you mean by I? Is I the body-mind? Is I a person? Is I an individual who has a lifespan, a past, a present, a future? Or is all of that experienced by I? What do you really mean when you say I? Because you know I, you know your own being so well. You're so familiar with that sense of I am and that I am is home. When you recognise at some point that you exist, there's then this gravitational pull towards existing as something, as someone. I am male, I am my role, I am this kind of person. But that's all being known by this I am. It's all being attached to this I that you are. So come back to that, that being you know so well. Recognise that the I am can hold anything, but doesn't itself change through holding anything. It's the experiencer, it's the subject. It's the only experiencer, the only subject. And it's all there is. There's only subjectivity. There's only experiencing. What you believe is an object is only made of, of your own subjectivity. So when you realise that... <laughs> There's no longer an object and therefore is no longer a subject. You can't even say it's subjectivity because subjectivity implies objectivity. Objectivity is only subjectivity. The experiences that you are having are only the one experiencing. So there are no experiences and there's therefore no experiencing because what is there to experience <laughs> but you? And that's the amazing thing. All of that is just a play of life, of performance, of Maya, yet something seems to be happening. <laughs> what it is, we can't say. Something is known, something is met, something is held, something is felt. There's a, there's a definite isness of this presence. What any of it is, we can't say. But it is you. It's you. It's I. It's home. And it's a space of presence that can be anything. It's the experiencer that only experiences itself and it's not an it. <laughs> and there's nothing to experience but you. So it's all very paradoxical and impossible to talk about really. And, it, and all of this, all of this pointing just undoes itself really. It, it, that's the thing about non-duality. It negates itself in the end because it's not even a thing. It's not a system. It's not a belief, it's not a theory, it's not a religion. It's, it's only a pointer and it only points beyond itself as a concept to the indefinable life that all is. Yes, non-duality is the doorway because reality just can't be said. It doesn't hold to any idea of thought, any religion, any scientific paradigm, anything. Reality is what it is. Very much reality is real. It is here, it is what you are, it's amazing, it's infinite, 
and it's beyond all of those words, but it doesn't, it can't possibly be held by anything we say, anything anyone else says, no matter how profound sounding anyone might say something, how beautifully they might put it, it can't be said. <laughs> but, and that's kind of, and that's why this is so seductive, this this richness of experience that we call our sort of our what we call our human lives is so seductive in its objectification and its duality and the seeming separateness of it all because it's it's real but it's not real as those things it's real as reality this is nothing but reality it's not this is not some fake thing you know you can't there's no fakeness in reality there can't be anything fake in order for it to appear it's therefore real it's just not always real in the way we've taken it to be and reality is infinite in its capacity to apparently to delude itself as for who knows what reason fun fun and games might would be my guess because because it it inherently knows that it's perfect and it can't possibly be harmed in any way so why not have a far out dream where it seems like everything's separate and, and that you're lost and all this kind of stuff and you seem to be going on some path to be working your way back home. What a, what an adventure. While never, ever leaving the safety of your business, what you are. Yeah. Self-recognition, self-realization, self-knowledge would be my guess. Duality is required for experience, it seems. Without duality, there's no experience. There's no duality, but but what is this appearance of duality? What on earth is it? Well, it's not on earth for a start because earth is just <laughs> an appearance within this play of duality. But what is duality? Language, concepts. What are concepts but thoughts? What are thoughts but knowing characterized in certain ways? But without this, dream whatever you want to call it there is uh, it would seem as we've said earlier there is just pure knowingness without self-knowing because there's no characterization it's a state of nirguna you could say nirguna brahman just pure awareness absolute self and so then i split myself up into infinite pieces and then i just navigate those pieces or some of those pieces fixate on a handful of them maybe for play maybe for joy maybe for love maybe for exploration maybe for realization who knows but all of those pieces are one all of those pieces that are only experiences are made of only the light of experiencing and that's home and it's what you are it's your essential self irreducible universal unlimited impersonal but appearing as the personal god god is home home is god not some divine being in heaven but fully what you are and that god that self that home pervades all experience no matter what experience appears like and it's the background and it's the foreground it's all there is so as we said earlier this is not about arriving at a new extraordinary state it's only realizing that this right here is the natural state and it seems otherwise maybe because of love maybe because of joy maybe because of self-realization as we've said but it's only what you are
there's nothing to do but only to be but you can also do <laughs> but you're only being as you do yeah exactly if you can't see it absolutely just be with experience to the best best of your ability just be with the sense of the sense of sound the sense of sight feel sight as a sense as a as a texture be with the sense of touch you know be with whatever appears to be going on in the body and then drop all of those names you're directly into your own knowing then what you are is this so there's no as i've repeating myself from earlier here but you can't think your way into somehow think your way into an experience that you already are you can't think your way into non-duality if that's already the case so there's no so you've got that's got to go any idea that you can start thinking into it it's that's just not not going to get anywhere the only thing you can do is is artfully use the mind to inquire into is use it as a tool of sorts like you were sort of saying earlier you can what is i i mean that's one that's overlooked all the time what is i we say i a million times a day <laughs> i this i that but what is i you know what am i ref- what am i talking about when i'm saying i that's i mean that's what it comes down to what is this i what you will find is very surprising <laughs> and yet homely and amazing yeah surprising because it was always here but it's the ordinary natural state not ordinary as in bland and stark like a void but ordinary as in the most familiar infinite context that you never leave that you always are in the open secret tony parsons says i am already that which i seek Whatever I seek or think I want, however long the shopping list may be, all of my desires are only a reflection of my longing to come home. And home is oneness. Home is the natural reality. It is simply what is. There is nowhere else I have to go and nothing else I have to become. All of my desires are only a reflection of my longing to come home. My desire for satisfaction points to the truth of this inherent contentment found only in home in this the recognition of the natural state it's the true contentment it's what is what you we are is completely whole and would render an experience of it for just a moment would in that moment would very clearly render all desires all resistance all wants of any kind, all fears of any kind, totally irrelevant. Um, it's um, that's uh, <laughs> it's quite surprising for me that that's what we are. Like literally, even the smallest thing, even the smallest wantings, it's it's complete. What you are is complete, is whole, which is strange it sounds very strange because that's not our our seeming doesn't seem to be our experience a lot of the time it's like i don't feel complete i don't feel whole i feel like i need this and that in order to be and that's the trick that's the trick of whatever's going on in this realm we call earthly human life is that it's it seems otherwise while never actually it's a paradox but it seems otherwise while never actually being anything other than whole and complete 
and perfect. And the experience I had, which really opened me up to that, was very, very visceral and very intensely knowing that, <laughs> where it was a, bl- it was just every possible thing I felt I'd ever lacked was just there, and it was what I was, you know. And it was very obvious where my addictions and everything else had come from. It's like, of course, of course, I was an addict. I was trying to seek what this is, what I am, every little way. I'd done anything was obviously a fragmentation of that projected through this prismic thing called a human mind and which projected out there somewhere and suddenly it seemed like that was something to be I had to go and get from wholeness to getting and it's actually the other way around if you can relax and we keep using this word relax it's like such an overused word. Just relax. <laughs> like it's like the easiest thing to do. But Well, you can know so the thing is you don't even have to relax because trying to relax can be really tiring and effortful. So you don't even have to relax. Simply notice that awareness already has built within it this natural capacity to relax. So everything comes and goes in what you are, like clouds in the sky. The sky refuses no cloud nor does it hold on to any. That's the truth of the home that you are. There's no need to let go. There's no need to relax. There's no need to surrender. There's no need to relinquish. Just see that that already happens. And that's all we're ever talking about. And it is a sort of shift in focus or an expanded focus as opposed to a contracted one. That doesn't create anything. It doesn't manifest anything new. It doesn't arrive at anything um, extraordinary that isn't already here. You don't become anything other than what you are. You realise that you are home. Relaxing is like a side effect in, almost, isn't it, of what this actually is. It's like when you see it, you relax because there's no, no other way it can be because what it is is inherently relaxed. I mean, relaxed beyond relaxed. It is stillness silence relaxation itself obviously not stillness as opposed to dynamism but just some these sort of transcendent qualities kind of point towards it how can you not relax i mean so what's what's appearing is constantly disappearing i mean like literally the second i'm saying these words they're liberated you know they're gone it's the second the second I notice anything, it's gone. It's, it's I can't quite catch up with it. It's always like it's constantly disappearing. Never-ending puffs of smoke that dissolve on arising um, is kind of the a good metaphor for what this is. This this experience that you're having of life, it's constantly constantly dissolving. So in a way, is it ever really arising? It, it's arising is it's dis- dissolving. It's arising is it's dissolution, which is and in that how can there not be relaxation because there's nothing that you can possibly hold on to and the holding on is what creates tension the holding on is what creates seeming tension as i said it's always arising and dissolving you have to refer to this memory of something that apparently just happened and grab onto it and reconfirm it and re rebuild it in the moment to not relax <laughs> if you let, if you just let everything self-liberate 
see that you can't even not self let it self liberate there's it even the idea that you could self liberate is <laughs> is a rising and dissolving and seeing that everything is like that and this is why um people like long chempa and and others uh in the in the sort of tibetan buddhist tradition put a strong focus on the dreamlike qualities of reality it's actually not so much that you're meant to see it as a philosophy of some kind but to show you that there's nothing to hold on to here including what you think you are you can't possibly hold on to it you can't you you have to make this habitual effort to recreate yourself every moment as to what you were but actually it's it's all just dissolving as it's arising and in that is the true relaxation in that is the rest that this is this is at rest because it's just that constant dissolving in a true sense it's transcendent yet it's not transcendent as in separate higher up somewhere that's you know it's it is this this the in the quality of this is transcendent that 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 circle that encapsulates the yin yang is transcendent yet is saturating what is <laughs> so it's not like there's two things there but it's it's transcendent in that you can't possibly you can't think of it you can't put a word to it we can't we can't explain it it's just because it's it doesn't work in those terms it's it's outside of time and space yet it it totally saturates and gives rise to time and space and everything that goes on in time and space you know and is it so but it's not limited to those things it's transcendent while being totally of what is happening is probably the best i can say but at this you know there's always a subtle separation aspect there isn't there there's subtle it's kind of like a tv screen that you know it's 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 obviously completely inseparable from the stuff that appears on the screen but at the same time you turn stuff off and the screen's still totally present the source you know or even further than that the electricity source <laughs> so it's 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 kind of like that yet it, it kind of transcends all possible ways of putting it yeah and in the shape-shifting movement of the present moment in all the comings and goings of experience in the transience of form what stays the same what remains what never changes what never leaves what never departs and that's you so where in what when does all that shape-shifting occur in you in the here, the now, the home that you are. You're not separate from the arising and the dissolving. All of that is made of you. Not that you're some kind of material substance, but we're pointing to something we can't quite conceptualise in words or grasp in words, but whatever it is, it remains. It's a bit like experience is always a play of contrast, like yin-yang, but surrounding that embracing that play of yin yang is that circle and that circle is what we're pointing to and that circle doesn't refuse the yin yang movement of the expression of life it holds it it enables it, it facilitates it it's it gives life to the yin yang expression of life so the circle is home and everything appears within that home you are that circle and all the transient comings and goings within you 
are born from you never really dualistic never really contrasted never really moving never really going anywhere never really anything other than you and the home that you are so the invitation there is to discover the equalness of what comes and goes and also the everlasting life that you are if you can see this now absolutely as it is and just be with that conceptless direct experience as nick was just alluding to there then do that if you're really struggling and you've got a lot of built up habitual tendencies you could say or some might call it karma but i i don't really know a good name for it just this knotting a build build up of knotting in your system then you might it might really act genuinely not be something that appears to be open to you at this time even though it is it might not seem that way so you might then then embark on a path a tradition of some kind of practice and any good path any good practice any good map will always dissolve itself ultimately the only goal of that map should be to dissolve itself the only only goal of that practice should be to dissolve itself so i think that's worth keeping in mind if you do embark on anything that you you feel like you need to do it's not get stuck to the practice not get stuck to that map not get stuck to that way of of doing things but it's, it's there's lots and lots of tools within reality to for reality to see it to see itself and i've i've explored a fair few of them you know meditation even things like loving kindness practice loving kindness practice can become a doorway because you've dissolved so much into the love that you see there's no self in other and that's the doorway what isn't the doorway is to think that you're being a really good person that does loving kindness practice and becomes an expert at being loving uh you're missing the point because it's, it's these are tricks these are tools within traditions inquiry is another tr- tool which you obviously inquire into what is the i what is not me the netty netty the discarding of what's not absolute and what what is passing you know and that's that's another tool and eventually you know once you've got the point <laughs> as alan watts said once you've got the message hang up the phone you don't need to become a, an expert self inquirer you don't need to become an expert meta meditation practitioner you don't need to become an expert meditation practitioner or anything along those lines any kind of yogic talents or siddhis you don't need these are all ways in these are all like even the craziest tantra yoga situations are ways in for you to look at reality in a way that you haven't looked at it before open your mind to what reality is freeing you from your previous concepts and frameworks of what reality is that is where they're useful where they're not useful is where they become a goal in themselves to become an expert at that's the ego that is that is the just a perpetuation of that contracted self basically so that it's not that we're saying in this podcast these are things you shouldn't be doing somehow that there's no benefit to these whatsoever because there's so many different routes that people have come to see this clearly some people have just seen it clearly from an early age ramana maharshi despite being brought up in an indian culture with all the tradition that goes with that 
saw it outside of that really he saw it directly uh, as a teenager which i so i doubt he had much time to really get involved too much in the tradition that was going on so it's it's, it's, there's no right way. Explore. <laughs> if it's not clear to you now, explore and just, um, yeah, do it openly. Do it. Do it as fun. Don't don't get serious and bogged down with what you're doing. That's all I'd say about as far as this end point that we're talking about that is involving practice and things like that. Yeah, there is no map that would help you find home. You are home. You know. It's a nonsensical question. It's an innocent question. How do I find home? What's the route that would take me home? What path should I take? I mean, there are paths within home, but those paths at best are circular. The path of discrimination, the path of love, they are circular and they are within home. And that's the, that's the ultimate irony <laughs> that any map at best can only show you the way to home within home and any map actually suggests that you're not already home that you have to go somewhere else to find home to find what you are you mentioned ramana maharashi there and there's a nice quote here by him he says when you truly feel this equal love for all when your heart has expanded so much that it embraces the whole of creation, you will feel that the whole world is your home. In seeing past the conceived duality, the imagined play of contrasting experiences, recognizing that you are the home of experiencing, that all is made of you, then you can't help but love all of your manifestations, all of your creations. You use Maya to experience yourself and it's all in the name of love and you embrace you already embrace it all as that one life as that home that you are we're never talking about reaching an enlightened state becoming awake only recognizing that you are awake that you are the light that illuminates and the energy the aliveness that animates every experience so there can be a, a recognition of what you already are, but there's no effort in that. It's already happening in the unfoldment, this uh, organic, natural unfoldment of you and within you. Just remember that nothing could be more familiar than your own being, which is the home that you are. And when you recognize that being, that natural state that you are, it feels like coming home. It's more like, aha, like almost like a, oh, okay, yeah, right. It's more like that than an achievement or an acquisition. It's a sense of homecoming, finding true sanctuary in yourself, not in yourself as the body-mind. The body-mind is at home within the home that you are. It's that way around. But experientially, that can be felt as a relaxation as a, a comforting leaning back, leaning into this constant ground of being that absolutely can hold it all. And that's your essential self that you never leave. It's ever present and it saturates every experience 